Hello, welcome to The Downside. My name is Joe Marcos Arezzi. I'm joined by my co-host. Russell Daniels. Do I normally say Russell Daniels? Yeah, you usually say it. Okay. Not but anymore. No, let's throw it. I fine. forgot for I a like second. I like that, yeah. I, uh, uh, and we're joined today by comedian, uh, writer, uh, uh, star, and fellow innovative Client, we're with the same agency. Oh. Uh, please welcome Sarna Garg. Namaste. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait to get started. <laughs> okay, well, this is the downside, so we need something negative to kick off this this music. No problem there. Do you want me to say something <laughs> negative? <laughs> My whole life, I can like start streaming a whole stream of negativity. How much do you want? I, I one one something really, really something really that will bum us out real quick. Yeah, you know, people saying, like, you should be a good human being, like, that's been the thing, has not really seemed to be working. This is the downside. One, two, three. <laughs> downside. downside. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With Marco Cerezi. I agree with you. It's a sad day. Uh, we're recording this a little bit earlier before the release. Elon Musk just bought Twitter. Oh, I'm yeah. feeling kind of down did about it. Did it happen? It, yeah. it did happen. It's great. This so is what happens when you take the New York City subway. Yeah. You, you missed the you news. You miss world news. Yeah, yeah you I, come I up you're like, well, too. Elon Musk wow. is now president of the United States. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> My train was delayed 10 minutes and everything changed. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's not surprising. So you're, you're getting off of it, right? Oh, yeah. You know me. I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm moving to Canada, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, well, we'll see what what happens. You know, Trump's going to go back on. Definitely, it's more. I just read something more of like. Well, he's going back on. That just, happened too. I'm just no, no. no I'm just sure that's like one of he's Elon Musk's like first yeah, thing because he's all. I read. I basically read some th- some thread from a guy who used to run Reddit, mm-hmm. and it was just like him being like this idea of like just being pro free speech with the internet is. It's an infantile notion. It's the same way with like Facebook. It's like you could be pro free speech and then like look at Myanmar, which is now uh, people who survived Myanmar are suing Facebook for $150 billion because they showed that that they had hate speech groups and encouraged genocide. It's like the the, the idea of like, guys, just let people say what they want to say yeah. is an oversimplification of like, the damage these apps can do, not just to individuals, but clearly yeah. to fuel genocide. Also, you can still say what you want to say on the internet, the wide yeah, internet. Yeah. You can start your right. own blog, you can do your own thing, but it is like a, 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 a organization or a business can decide if they don't want you to say that on their Of thing. course. You know, especially if it's free, you know. And Elon Musk's last tweet, or like two days ago, it's, it was a picture of Bill Gates with like a little bit of a gut. And it was like, here's a boner killer if you need it. And you're like, oh. that's the head. And we shouldn't be surprised. Look, billionaires have been taking over newspapers, you know, since since the beginning of America. Yeah. But it's just, it feels deflating. It feels, uh, and he's going to be president someday. And I don't know. It, it just Listen, it bummed me out. but let him because no, it, it's not like the others have <laughs> done such a stellar job. Sure. Like, yeah. You know, whatever. Whoever wants the job, take it at this point. Like, I think someone posted a clip, and it was back from 2020, and it was it was the the press conference where Trump was was talking to like his head of science and was like, you know, maybe we could shine the 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 purple light inside the body to kill the COVID. <laughs> We're looking at that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a moment of like this. How can anyone stand for the national anthem at this point? <laughs> yeah. It's so it, like that's the insanity of it's not just 
yeah, the president sucked. The government sucks. It's just like this is the president, and he doesn't understand anything during a crisis. Yes, but I know this is the downside, but I'm going to turn this into a positive for one minute. Okay, okay. please, yeah. When you have a president like that, do you know how much hope he generates in the whole population? Like, maybe I can be president. <laughs> you know? I, like, I like that that was labeled as a, as a, as a positive thing. <laughs> You're like, think of all the losers out there. <laughs> oh, like, maybe I could do it. Yeah, I mean, he has become the benchmark on don't let anything stop you. Yeah, but that's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know anymore because the world, like, look at, listen, you know, over the Ivy League graduates and all have been running the world. Look where we are. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we're still alive. To be fair, we're still here. Hanging yeah. by a thread. Hanging by a thread. Hanging by a thread. Now, you were, you were, you were born in India. I was born How's in India's India. political situation? Do you keep, uh, do you keep in touch or you're like, I'm uh, not there? No, every day I start the, the news with the Indian newspaper. Really? Every day. Of course. It's my home. I mean, it's not really my home. I'm not going back, like, to be clear. But it's, it's like, yeah, it's what I'm used to. I was born and raised there. I was there until I was 16, so... Sure. But isn't part of it like, are you able to watch it with like amusement? Like if I left yes. America, I think I would be like, oh, Elon Musk is president and he made himself vice president. Oh, <laughs> what a mess. What a mess. Oh, America, you suck. Yeah. Like, do you, do you look at it or do you feel passionate? Do you go, oh, fuck the guy. I feel passionate, but I understand that I don't have the right to comment much because I'm not living there. Because a lot of Indian sure. people get very worked up when the immigrants from abroad are like, you do this and oh. you do this. They're like, shut up, you left. And I get it. That I get that message. So I, I'm amused. I read it out of concern and care. But that's about it. I, I have nothing. Because if you're not on the ground living that reality, you don't really know what's going on. Just like how of much course. news about New York and America. You read the news oh and you're like, God, what yeah. do they say? I'll tell you, I had this moment where when we were doing the outdoor shows or whenever I read a stand-up comedy, the New York Times will talk about the stand-up comedy scenes sometimes. Right. And I remember when you read it, you're like, this is yeah. so inaccurate. Yeah. Like, they're just broad generalizations and miss it. And you're like, oh, well, there's no way the news about Yemen is more accurate. Like, I understand they have more right. people on the ground there, but it's just like, oh, if, if you being literally the New York Times and you're yeah. talking about the New York comedy scene and you're like, say these wrong things... I remember uh, there was a, a review of a play once at the Flea Theater, and they talked about they have a lot of casting agents there. And I was like, casting agents? They're yeah. called casting directors. Yeah. Yeah. No one says casting yeah. agents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. did this get through? Yeah. So so I understand how you get older and you become like, that's eh, all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, re you, you came in last minute. Are you, any, you okay? Everything good? Last night, yeah, I came at three thirty-one, and you didn't answer the call. So <laughs> I came. I, I came. didn't mean it as a critique. I didn't mean it as a critique. I meant like, is you're there like, anything you something must be wrong that you're this late. Um, uh, Russell had a birthday. Oh yeah, and Happy I birthday. completely spoiled these. It was supposed to be a surprise, oh. and I don't think of myself as like a can't keep a secret guy. Oh yeah. But I had the, a thing with Russell where I was like, hey, just so you know, oh my god, I called your 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 wife. Uh, uh, so I just wanted to like work this thing out before I saw her on Wednesday and Russell went what's Wednesday and I you it was as seen, if like you should have seen his face I, would, yeah, I, I was so kind to him I didn't let on that I that I, not at that all. I knew he didn't let but, on that I fucked it up it was so clear all. he goes when I said what's Wednesday he goes oh uh, 
uh, no, not Wednesday. Tonight. Tonight. I was like, well, you're not seeing Nicole tonight. And I and was, I was like, like, wait, I Nicole's like, not coming to the show she would definitely never come to <laughs> at the asylum in New York. Because Tova, it was, it was, it was the worst. And but, like, it felt like a, like if, if uh, what I felt inside, I would have been like this. What is so funny. Yeah. That's what it was like. And then what was really funny is that I got home and I mentioned something to Nicole about you. And Nicole said, uh. Oh yeah, but, but, but when I see him on Wednesday, oh. and she did the same thing, and I go, I go, wait, I go, then she goes, no, not Wednesday, uh, you know, whenever I like, literally the same thing, and I go, okay, so obviously you invited some people Wednesday, that's right. like, and she goes, no, 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 I just was confused, and she tried to really play it off that no, and I was like, in the back of my head, I was like, there's no way I'm not going to see John Marco Wednesday, like, it, like, but it was. Very- Were you disappointed? Were you bummed? Do you wish it had been a full surprise? No, I. I the thing is, I was always casually. I always thought I would see some people. I had mentioned it to people that yeah, friends that yeah. live right next to the place. So I was I was pleasantly surprised that I didn't think I'd see like Jessica and like other people sure. like like Tim and like I, there was a number of people I, I didn't think I was going to see that I saw. That was very nice. Um, I, I but mean, yeah, a good surprise. It wasn't would like be- a, it wasn't like you know. It's not. It's the best version of a of a surprise party that you can ruin because it's not like a huge, you sure, know, big, sure. big, big thing, you know. Um, so the one thing I want to complain about, and I feel like you you know this, where so I was just in Utah. I was at Wise Guys Comedy Club, great mm-hmm. club. I cannot keep telling Uber drivers in New York and Lyft drivers in New York they don't really talk to you. No, oh. and no. I think it's because they're busier. They understand. They're usually People on are in the a phone. rush. They're usually on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing you know, Wordle. I want to say something about that. Uh, there is a thing that happens where it must be part of the Uber culture or like our taxi culture. Uh-huh. Like there is something that happens where you're like, who in my mind, I'm like, who would you be on the phone with all day? But it must be other drivers, right? Is in my, in my mind, I like, imagine cause because the conversation like, sometimes is so it like, low, it, it, it stops for 10 minutes and then they'll, they'll say something and you're like, Oh my God. Like who is talking to me? Like, so it has to be like, almost like a, I envision it like a radio, a walkie talkie, yes. like a, like a, like there's like multiple people in a, like a, a, a talking room. Yeah. And like you occasionally weigh in and stuff. Cause it's like, it's, it's amazing. But I'm like, I can't imagine being on the phone with, with someone sure. that in and, and engaging in the way that they engage in. But, but I don't think they're like, they're, I, I think it's more like old married couples. Mm. It's like the phone is kind of in the background and it's happening. But it's like, if I'm in the room with my husband, we don't really talk. And then an hour goes by and I yell about something. And I think it feels to me like that's what's going on. Both oh. people have speakers on. Uh-huh. And they talk or they don't talk, but they feel like they're connected. Like, you know, yeah. something happens and they're yeah. like, oh, hey, the kid just came in. So the the driver's like, oh, oh hello. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, just think oh. it's amazing when you don't know and then like 10, 15 minutes and you're driving. Oh, he's on, he's on the phone. Yeah. Um, uh, well, that's the new reality, though, across the board. Like, right, wherever you go, you never know where a camera is going to be on. That's live. Sure. I mean, I have kids. They do... Everything they do is on the they get gaming on the computer. Every laptop has a screen. It's wild. You you yeah. you're not unseen anywhere anymore. Yeah, that's Travis Kal- Kalaknik. Whoever ran Uber, he like one of the final nails in his coffin. It was something like him with like two like nineteen year olds in the back seat, and he was yelling. He was fighting with the Uber driver. The Uber driver was complaining about like why don't you pay us? 
And Travis is like, fuck you. <laughs> oh, God. Um, um, so, yeah, the allegedly. New York ones, though, they don't talk to you. They're doing their own thing. They're like literally yeah. talking to their fans. So I'm on the road, and uh, I, I'm usually taking Uber lifts to the comedy club. I don't like to lie. It, I, it's something in me. Uh, gets a, this is why I can never do, like, man on the street or, like, hitting camera stuff. It makes me uncomfortable to lie. But I cannot tell these people anymore that I'm a stand-up comedian. Yeah, no, I you can't, can't do it anymore. You got to stop I it. I can't do it. And every time I say to myself, I'm not going to do it, and then they're driving me to the comedy club, and they just... go, "What? who are you seeing at the comedy club? And I go, in my head, immediately, I'm like, I'm just going to tell them. But I'm going to tell them in a way where I'm looking at my phone so intensely, so intensely, they must think, oh, he doesn't want to talk. Right. And the conversation is the same every time. Yeah. How did you get into it? Wow, is that scary? You you tell jokes? And then it's always, it's it's usually the men. It's the first time I've ever wanted a woman driver. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> where it's the men and they, I can, three, of course it three is, different yes. Uber drivers have said, you know, I saw Jerry Seinfeld said this thing. Where like Jerry Seinfeld gives comedy advice and no comedians are listening to it. It's non-comedians who are like, hmm, interesting. I'm going to share that with a comedian it's someday just Uber drive, men in Uber the backseat of my car. Seinfeld said it's important to write. Yeah. Mmm, <laughs> interesting. Thank you for that. Thanks, Seinfeld. Have you thought about just like launching proactively, like bef- right in the beginning of the conversation, just telling what you do, why you do it, like how you got started? Like, just, just like, like one of those, like, I'm launch- a stand comedian. Yeah. Yes, it's scary. What's yeah. scarier is Answering that you're going to ask me the next question. Have, yeah. I, and so I tried like the furthest lie as we were going to the club. Here's the problem is that they have my name. Yeah. If they didn't have my name, I would say, for a moment I was going to do this, I was going to be like, oh, I'm going to see John Marco. Right. My favorite. So on the way there, I said, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I said, I'm the assistant to the comedian. <laughs> that was the furthest lie I was able to make. Because I was like, okay, I can answer any tangential questions. But then they said, oh, is this comedian funny? Are they famous? And I was just like, and, and I was ready to say your name, that I'm going to see Russell Daniels. That, oh, my God. But then I'm nervous. We'll get to the club and it'll say Jamarcus Arezzi on the front and and they'll be... Wait, the assistant to the comedian is not a job. And I mean, like, for a stand-up comedian at, like... uh, like, Okay, so so you you say to me, okay, oh, you're going to Wise Guys Comedy Club. Oh, who are you seeing? I'm not sure. Just looking for a night of comedy. Just you don't have to get it. Okay, you just be okay. Like, where are you know. from? I just, okay, I, okay. Where where are you from? You live around here in, in uh, Salt Lake City? No, I live out in the east. You live out east. Mm-hmm. So what were you what were you coming here for? Uh, just a night of comedy. <laughs> really? You came all the way to Utah. I'm here for, for business, but I have the night off, so I'll mm, just. So what, what business? business do you do? Thank you. Um, I'm a salesman. What do you sell? Insurance. Hmm. Have you ever gone where the Uber brings their wife along with them to ask questions as well? <laughs> <laughs> I think insurance salesman is a good lie because I don't imagine what kind of insurance? that many. What kind of insurance? Health, you know, is there money in that? Uh, you know, it's fine. Uh, so it's why don't you drive an thing. Uber? It's good money in Uber. Uh, I just like the hours of insurance. Nine to five. I'm home. See you the kids. You can drive an Uber nine to five. <laughs> it's this, very this, flexible. This employee get a referral code <laughs> for getting people to drive for Uber. <laughs> But the bottom line is like I. Well, every, I don't know what you can say to not encourage conversation if you're, you know. Yeah, it's just like every time I think like, no, this time it'll be okay, and 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 sometimes they won't. And obviously, this is someone who like doesn't have 
in these cases, they're people who don't have people skills. Because I'm in the back, I'm either like, yeah. And when I'm like this, leave me alone. And you're like, so what is your comedy about? Yeah. I'm like, how? And I get this anxiety yeah. because I don't have the strength to say, hey, I don't feel like talking. Yeah. And I feel like a yeah. good person or a strong person could say that. Yeah. And I just can't. Um, no, I know. Uh, yeah, I think I, I try the thing of like, just you're in town and you wanted to catch some comedy. Yeah, I will try that. Yeah. I'm not sure who's on. Do you tonight. tell, do you tell? I, 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 could you imagine getting into an Uber looking like this and saying you're a comedian? I said, oh, can yeah. you come for my daughter's graduation? Can you get my license? Because half the drivers, especially in New York, they're all Indian. It's the only tech company, by the way, where the Indian people are at the bottom, which is why the math is never right. Sure. Like three minutes away. No, you really not. You know what I mean? Like, you really haven't figured out three minutes. But it's always across the street and always 15 minutes away. Yeah. But they look. So I used to even venture saying, oh, I do. I do events. I do. I do event planning. Like I used to. I be uh -huh. Now I just say I'm hard of hearing. I can't hear what you're saying. Really? I just oh. I, I mean, I don't know what to do because I got, I've had aggressive taxi drivers go, so can you come for my daughter's graduation? Can you perform for 10 minutes? And I'm like, no. So They've I, tried to book you right yeah, then and there? No, but not book. Come for free. Sure. No yeah. booking sure. anything. Yeah, yeah. Like they think, well why, well, why can't she come? What is she doing? She's probably related to us. Yeah. Oh, that, that is wild. So now I just, I'm like, I can't hear you. After the third time, they get irritated. Yeah. You know. Um, well, okay. I'm going to try both these things. I'm going to try hard of hearing. Yeah. And I'm going to try, I'm an insurance salesman. I think insurance salesman is a good one to kill conversation. Yeah. Because it's like, what could you, what, what, what like, that's what, what I, my, life? my, it, I know, feels what? like it doesn't, like, I would have more questions for an Uber driver than I would for an insurance salesman. Do you know what I mean? Sure, like, sure. Like, because they at least have interesting stories about Uber drivers. Like, like, hey, like, you ever get any insurance salesman passengers? You know, the craziest people have gotten, yeah. like, so I feel like. You ever like, have a comedian passenger? Yeah. Anyone famous? <laughs> so I just feel like it's like, I feel like insurance salesman feels like the most, like, okay, this guy's yeah. probably boring. You know what I mean? Not, no offense yeah. to any insurance salesman listening, but I just feel like it wouldn't instill a lot of follow-ups. Yeah. Well, we found out that like the whole base. Was oh, but they might ask questions too. Then they might be like, "Oh, I'm don't having health insurance," and then then you'll feel really bad. Sure, because that sure. would be bad to like. I wish there was an option of just like you could select busy or busy or or working or shy. So I shy. mean, I can I flex a little bit, please. I we haven't had a car, my husband and I, for years in New York City. So I've been living on Uber, you know, to drop my kids off here, there, whatever. It's a lot of like this thing, that thing. So I'm an Uber di Diamond member, whatever that means. Really? Wow. I have an option that says Quiet Preferred. <gasps> no. You can only do that if you're Uber Diamond? I don't know why I got it, but I got it. Quiet preferred. You select it every time, right? Every time. Yeah. I'm like, quiet only. Please, not preferred. <laughs> only. No quiet talking. Quiet demanded. Only. <laughs> I am so curious. Do you, are you like, do you have to pay a membership fee? No, no, no. It's you just like, took so many Ubers? It's like you take, I have three kids who are taking Ubers. The husband who's not allowed to take Ubers, but he sneaks one in every now and again. You know, because we live the wait, poor What do you mean? Wait, wait, what, wait, is he wait. not allowed to take Uber? Look, wait, he can't spend that kind of money. Like, no. Sure. Uh, he, his That's got to be tough. The kids are Ubering. Dad, you can't take one. <laughs> his job is to earn the money. My job is to spend it. Gotcha. I got okay? it. Okay. Do you see how that works? Sure. Yeah. But He's no. like, ask the kids, can you take an Uber? I'll do a skateboard. I'll <laughs> hang on to the back. <laughs> exactly. 
No, but you know what I mean. Like years we haven't had a car. Like anytime you go to the airport, that stuff adds up, right? Yeah. I don't even know how I became Uber Diamond. It must be something I triggered. But that came with a quiet preferred option. That's amazing. I, I mean, like, I'm going to look never... into it so hardcore. <laughs> I yeah. can't lose this. Um, well, I, I wanted to. I'm so happy you're here. Um, uh, but one thing I really wanted to, because I always think about it when I see you tell jokes about it. You really never told your husband I love you? No, I would never. Now, I now, would never. No, wow. No, no, we don't. That's not a cultural no. Okay. Who who have you said I have you said I love you to your kids? No. Never? No. Never, Zarna? Never. Never? No. I, and and I, if I like if you gave me an acting role and said act it out with my husband or kids, I couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, it's it's bizarre to us. Oh but do you have the word love in 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 the Indian language? Like, yeah. So when but is it used? But we don't use it for just for food? food. 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 Well, what's what's the highest term of affection when you when you tuck your kids in at at night? You're I like, like you. No, you. I like you. Okay, okay. dreams. Listen. <laughs> sleep. You sleep for three hours and then get up and study for the MCAT. <laughs> I will make chai for you. That's the term of Indian. I will wake up at 4 a.m. and make chai for you while you study for the MCATs. And but that, that 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 feeling of making the chai, isn't it because you love them? No, there is a lot of love. It's not like the love isn't there. The love is there. We just don't say, I love you. I lo That's not how we... That, yeah. Now, do your kids, because your kids were born in America. Yeah. Do they feel differently? Do they ever say, Mom, please say I love you? <laughs> no, I, I'm sure they have some feelings about this, but like, I, they're not allowed to get into those feelings. <laughs> That's the other thing they're not allowed to do. See, I, so, I wish my mom was Indian so she had an, I had an excuse for why she's never <laughs> said it to me. Uh, but I, if they must say it to, I, I like. Uh, no, they say it to me sometimes and then I start yelling at them. Like, you become American now? Oh. And they're like, but we are American. They were all born in New York. I'm like, you have to forget that. You're an Indian American. I try so hard to keep them grounded in my Indian madness. And they do everything they can to remind me they're actually American kids. Uh huh. You know, so this is a constant battle between us. Do you think you'd ever, because we say love you. Yeah. We say love you. Yeah. Tova and I say love you. Took, yeah. a, took a year. I mean, there's an argument to be made. I, I, I'm very slow. Listen, I, I'm halfway there. When it comes to love, I like to. I, I don't like how it's, uh, it's too much. Too much. I used to, I used to have a bit. I ended up cutting it. I had this in my play, and this is how the culture shifted. Where it was, I, it was like before I was doing stand up, I was just kind of writing stand up within a play, and it was about how much I hated when you brought someone a coffee and they'd be like, "Love you," and you feel like you have to say it say back. Say it back. Yeah. And in, in yeah, the yeah, stand up, yeah. I said, "It's like being love raped." Oh my and god. And then, and then the culture, like a couple years later, a director was like, "Let's cut that line. I think we uh, we yeah. don't use that word anymore yeah, in a yeah, joking yeah, manner." Yeah. yeah. But it was like being love raped. Uh, uh, yeah, but people can use the the term can get definitely get overused. There's a yeah. probably a, a middle. Well, ground. I mean, social media. I get a lot. I love you. I love, I'm like, who needs love? I need likes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say I love you. Follow me. Bring your friends. Bring your family. That's what I need. When Facebook added that heart <laughs> option to love, you're like, no. No. What is this? No. What is all these feelings? I mean, I believe that the whole it's complicated thing was designed for us Indian people. We're like, we're not really. Mm, I don't know. Love. That's a lot. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's complicated with your husband. Yeah. Wow, that's very very interesting. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize that that was a, a cultural thing. Um, and I've heard you say Indians and Jews. Yeah. We have a lot in common. Like so Russell much. doesn't like us both. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but okay, so you were born in India. Yeah. And you were born to money. Money, yeah. Yeah, and then I found a way to lose it all. I called my life as the social sliding life. Wow. You know, people social climb, I slide. Wow. I find a way to like yeah. b- hit rock bottom every time I get something good happens. And in India, you s- I've heard you talk about this. There was not really a middle class in yeah. India. I mean, there is, but it's not, you know. It's a big country, right? A lot of people, like big population. Is there any rags to riches story in India? Or is it less than America? You can't compare to America. America is is the... the landmark for rags to riches. Like, if you want to work hard, you're going to make something happen here. Yeah. 99% of that. You hear that to all the poor people listening to this right now? (laughs) You're not working hard enough. Um. See Kim Kardashian? She figured it out, right? She She started off pretty living in Beverly Hills, her family. Yeah, but I think we were joking. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that was a joke example. Okay. Okay, it's not like she had a custom Rolls Royce at birth. That's like, true. relax That's already true. with true. like picking on Kim. Yeah. yeah, it was poor. It was like she had to buy a car like other people do. Mm-hmm. In them. India, did did you ever? Was there ever any fear when you were younger? I understand yeah. that you talk about later, but like that you would ever become poor, or did it? Did you feel secure? I'm always going to be part of this. I thought I was going to be a part of this, and then I found a way to sure. become poor. Yeah, wait, what happened? Were you, were you had servants? Uh, lots of servants, drivers. But that's India. Even the middle class in India will have servants and drivers because there's the number of people that need to be employed. is sure. so great. And India lives on like domestic help. That's so how the whole country What works. did your family do that they had that much money? So my dad had a business, and he is a rags to riches story. He was was he's not alive anymore, but he was. He came from nothing, built a business, was very successful. Um, What was his business? Like you know, he was making the equipment that spins cotton into yarn. Yeah, like all this manufacturing, like Uh hardcore, goes on in India. You know, all the clothes that we wear, all the machines that make those clothes are made in India. Mm -hmm. He was part of that business, and forty years ago. So he built his life, but he was an Indian man, you know, like very conservative, very, you know, believed what he believed. I was the youngest of four. Three of my siblings were arranged uh, into marriage by him. And I was the only one who grew up. See, this is what affluence does in the rest of the world. You start watching Hollywood wherever you are. Mm. You have access to Archie's comics. You have access to Three's Company come and knock on my door. You know what I mean? I I don't know if I've ever seen Three's Company. You've never watched Three's Company? I've never seen an episode, but I I know the reference. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What what year was that Growing Pains, uh, Family Ties. I saw Growing Pains. I know a little bit of these shows. But it's a little before my TV time. Yeah. No, I grew up watching that stuff in yeah, India. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Because when you're that rich, you get bootleg copies of everything. Mm-hmm. And it was bootlegs. It's not on TV anywhere. No, no, no TV. It was like bootleg VCR, you know. You oh, had to wow. like pay a guy to bring the thing and bring the thing and then... Was the quality it. good or was the no, quality shitty? No, it was the worst. Somebody was sitting and recording a b- copy of out of their TV here. Yeah, yeah, Nothing yeah. about it was real. But you were so desperate for the story... 
that you were like you watch anything like the yeah, thing broke sure. up you prayed to god that the whole episode was recorded sure it was a whole thing but what the thing i lived on was archie's comics you got those all over the place i've read a little bit of archie's have you ever read archie's no. comics they're kind of fun yeah. there's oh my god that was america for me growing up okay and and in archie's you know like no one was getting married at 16 like everybody sure. was dating and people were kissing each other and i uh-huh. was like wait a minute why don't i have this thing <laughs> yeah. now so how old were your siblings when they were uh, married off like my sister was 17 my brothers were like 19 20 and cuz i've been witnessing some of this cuz my my girlfriend uh uh orthodox chabad community and and her yeah. younger sister is the one who's still like really practicing mm-hmm. so i've seen i think we've talked about it where her resume essentially yeah. that the rabbi gets yeah. and it's it's eerily similar to an acting resume yeah. Yeah. there's the education yep and and so in in india it's like is there a matchmaker is that like a job yeah full absolutely. on profession full on and real professionals do it like it's like they take their job very seriously more men or more women mostly men but okay. because it's a more social job women are involved somehow like even if they're not the matchmaker they're like the matchmaker's mole sure you know mm-hmm. whose job it is to go out into the community and seek out the new eligible people or what oh. the buzz is about like oh is she smart is she can she cook and <laughs> who's who's input first does cooking matter though if there's all these if, if there's all these servants it matters because it's an indication of how domesticated the woman is got it got it If they don't the actually she can cook the worse she can read And read don't read don't read don't read no 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 <laughs> reading that's a problem that's where all the problems start when the women start reading yeah so so did you start so what age would did they did you have a meeting with the matchmaker no no it didn't it, okay so it wasn't planned to be that way my mom actually passed suddenly mm. uh, unexpectedly and when, how old were you i was just under 15 and she got sick and passed within two weeks wow from, what, what happened so she uh contracted hepatitis from uh, uh contaminated water contaminated water yeah is this was it is a common it's it was common back then and and if you didn't catch it in time it was fatal wow had it been caught she would have probably lived but it wasn't caught in time is it like did she feel sick and didn't go to the doctor exactly. soon enough exactly she was getting ready for my brother's wedding and she was busy with the wedding preparation whatever sure. so she lost herself kind of in that and by the time she realized it was she was too oh my goodness and yeah. what so you're f- before 15 you said yeah and do you remember i mean that's so sudden like yeah. was it just like she went to the hospital one day and didn't come back and didn't come back and it was like shocking and also india it's like no one talks to the kids like here you talk to your kids how do you talk to your kids here they make movies for the kids tv for the kids there's none of that in india mm. everything is like grown up stuff and like the kids find out the way they find out yeah so i was like i didn't even know that she was gonna gonna die like no one told me i yeah. was the youngest and the adults were all busy managing this sudden situation so i was at home every day wondering when she's going to come back wow. do you remember who told you yeah i mean in the end it was my sister who was visiting from america my my adult sister at the time much older than me did 
was it delivered with the weight that it deserved? Like, did she no, say? No, no. And it's not. She just was like, hey. Well, she was in shock too. Sure. She was yeah. in shock too. And again, the whole, you know how we talk to kids here in America? Like, how are they going to take it? Yeah. Let's be easy. There's none of that back home. Mm. Like, this is the news. Yeah. 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 That's were, it. Were you <clears throat> comforted by, did you have religion then? Like, I was never very religious. Sure. And I was too young. At the time, my biggest preoccupation was like, what am I going to do? I mean, I didn't realize that her death would then mean the next day, my dad saying, you know what? You need to get married. I'm done parenting. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because wow. he was, he broke too. Like, you know, this is it. He wasn't a bad guy. He just, the shock of something like that got all of us. Yeah. And, and he... You know, he was just tired. I think he just broke and he's like, just it get was, So it was the next day. The next day, yeah. Oof. I think he was in a state of shock too. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And was 14, you said your sister was married off 17, right? 18? Yeah, 17. So 14 was still like young. Was that young to do it? It was very young. But I think in his mind, if we started the process at just about 15, we'll finish it at 16, 17. It's still a process, sure. right? Finding the person yeah, and the yeah, whole yeah. thing. But I was in my mind so against the whole thing because like in my mind, I was living in Archie's comic life. Yeah. yeah I was yeah, like, yeah. why are we even talking about this? Like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now let me, uh, The what's the age of consent in India? Okay, I've heard somewhere it's 18. But I, I don't but think- But if people are getting married, it's assumed that like, yeah. is the consummation of the marriage like- is that kind of implied in the same way Yeah, it is in most places? Yeah, and I don't think anybody really knows. Maybe in the urban cities today, people know that there is an age of, of consent and all that, but certainly not 30, 40 years ago. I didn't know. Is the age generally around... Uh, who? So did, did you start going through the process at all? No. The match, you didn't do any of it? No. I, I, so my dad basically said, you should do this. And at the time... I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And he's like, you don't have a choice. Yeah, either do it or you leave home. And were you fighting? Did you go, no, were you yelling at your dad? Or were you no, just like, because, I'm no. going to be. I said, fine, I leave. I, in my 15-year-old whatever brain, yeah. <clears throat> I thought, I'll just have a slumber party with my friends for a few years. And this really yeah. because Archie, because you saw your family do it. Yeah. What do you think was different about you that you were like, no? I like to study. Mm -hmm. I loved being educated. Like, I loved going to school. I was that kid who wanted to read. Like, I couldn't get enough reading done. So I knew there was a bigger world out there. I was just not interested in that pathway ever. And my siblings are happily married. So that all turned out fine. My yeah. dad had good intentions. It's just not what I wanted. Did like, you have anyone to talk to about this? Like, so, like any adult figure who said, like, good for you. You should... Be independent. Or did you no. have friends who felt similar, like that they weren't going to go that path either? No. No. But, and in fact, most of my friends were like, are you crazy? He's going to find you the best match. Like, yeah. He wasn't going to marry me off to some toothless, like 80-year-old man. He would have found like a rich son of somebody. Would it definitely be someone older? Like, is definitely that how it works? older, yes. Like 20s or like 30s? 20s. Maybe high 20s. Sure. Yeah. 
10 year spread is not uncommon at all in an arranged setting. Yeah. Which spread. isn't unusual here. Yeah. Unless the wife is 14. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's Elvis. We yeah. were talking about the last episode. Um, so, okay. So you, how soon after that do you leave? And I left that day. I didn't have you left choice. that day. Oh my goodness. Well, the thing is, he thought he's going to, this, he's going to call my bluff. And I thought, what's there to worry about? I have so many friends. Somebody will take me in. Mm. So it all started off kind of like, I'll figure it out. I'll stay with my best friend for two, three years. You know, they have a big house. All my friends had big houses. Yeah. So I was like, I was, they have so many rooms. I'm moving with them. And then like you go. And then within a day, they're like, my mom thinks you need to go back. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You know what I mean? And then yeah. the reality hits like, <laughs> yeah. oh shit. Is your dad calling or is he like sending messages like Sarna? no he he thought i'll come around for sure but he was too proud i mean see the believers who believe in that life they're not they're not messing around yeah they're not like they're not like oh she's understanding let me explain to her he had had it he thought already before my mom's death i was like reading too much too much voice had too many opinions i mean everything that i do on a comedy stage today I would have gotten killed for in India. Yeah. The things that I say. My biggest challenge as a comedian is removing the roadblocks from my mind because for 40 years, people said to me, you can't say that. Sure. And like suddenly it's my job now to say what comes to my mind. So how much time, like where, where's the, when you first, so you, I'm assuming you try out a few different friends places and you realize that there's, this is not sustainable, this is not a sustainable thing. Where do you, how much time passed and then where did you end up like as like a more permanent living situation? So my sister at that point had gone, was back in America because she lived here Mm -hmm. and she said to me that why don't you, if you come to America, you can stay with me, go to school, study as much as you want. So your sister's, I, I, I was going to say was the word arranged. cool. But like she's, she's very cool. But like, it's just, fa- so she was no longer tied financially to your father. No. She had her own. Oh, so she already went through like a, like a. She, yeah, she was married. She was arranged. She was living in America okay. with the man that my dad arranged her with. Yes. Is she still friendly with your father? Is the father going, are you fucking taking Zarna in? Like, is there communication here? So my dad has now passed, but he cut her off too because she took me in. Oh, that was the cut off. Yeah, he cut her off. He wow. said, "You." Did she know that that would happen? She knew, but yeah. she's really stood up for me. Wow, she's like, "You can't force her." See, my siblings didn't fight it. They were like, "We're fine with it. This is how our world works. We're good." Yeah, I didn't want it actively. So they, my sister, was my number one. Like, you're not gonna force her to do anything she doesn't want to do. So that was the end of her relationship with my dad too. This is kind of a grand thing. There's like, it feels like, I don't know how you feel about arranged, because obviously your sister was in an arranged yeah. marriage and it seems to have worked out well. And I other mean, siblings. My parents said picked, too. it was a disaster. Yeah. So there's like, there is an American belief where I'm like, arranged marriages, and I've matured from this, but I still think deep down, I'm like, arranged marriages are bad right. because it's other people choosing for your life. Right. But I understand that's coming from like in a very American worldview. Yeah. Do right. you, if you could wash away arranged marriages, would you say it sh- it should be done no. with? No, not at all. It works for people. It works a lot of people. Sometimes I'm jealous of my sister. I have to be honest with you. Like she has a, honestly, she has a 15,000 square foot house, mm-hmm. a private plane and a dead mother-in-law. 
What did I do to my life? I built my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I got? Plane and a dead you, mother-in-law. That, that, that's you, matchmaking. <laughs> His mom is pretty sickly. Oh. Do, do you know what I got for Valentine's Day? A metro card. <laughs> <laughs> and a very sweet note that said don't take ubers oh. <laughs> stop with the ubers you know oh. so like yeah, yeah it but works. you think you think people should be given the option yeah. to participate yeah. in it or not absolutely yeah. i mean I, of course i'm against anybody being forced into it yeah. but there are plenty of people who find value in that system and like love marriage like uh, my kids i'm like i'm gonna arrange you guys i don't trust them they're already blinded. You're swiping on Tinder for them. You're they, like, give me your Tinder. I need, I need like a Tinder for parents where we choose because my kids, you know, they love. You know how they say in America, love makes you blind. Like, no, we have the vision. Let us figure it out for you. you know? Sure. Yeah. But you, okay. So you you got to America, uh, and I remember you. The way you got in, you wrote. You had to write someone. Yeah. Uh, so. I didn't know how to get to America. You know, coming to America, not easy. It's if, especially if you're an Indian person because the, the amount of people that want to come here from India is like the line is unending. I really thought it would be a simple thing. My sister lives in America. I had heard America is a democracy. So whatever the people of America want, the government does. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. my highly oversimplified 15-year-old brain, I was like, this can't be hard. Yeah. She wants me to be there. I want to go there. Sure. And like, this should just happen. Yeah. And then, psh, nothing. And so, while you're figuring out this process, are you bouncing around houses still? Yeah, I was couch surfing. What Were you fun? terrified? Was there fear? Was there fear of, oh, I'm going to be out on the street? Or did you have I one? was out on the street a few times. I mean. Where where you, like, where did you, do you ever stay somewhere Like, sketchy? you know, there are temples, bus stops. I mean, it's happened, yeah. And were you filled with fear? I mean, given that, like, how bad poverty could be. You know, the thing is that when you're in survival mode, you don't have time to be scared. You're, you're like, I was more scared of going back to my dad and accepting defeat. Yeah. And, and I really was hopeful that tomorrow it's going to work out. Tomorrow it's going to work. You know, when you feel like victory is around the corner, much like our lives as yeah. comedians, you're like chasing this dream. Yeah, you know, you 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 don't you don't let yourself feel too. At least I didn't. I was in pure survival mode. So you're getting. Were you getting food when you're when you're? I mean, were you making any money or were no, you? No, no money. But I had like that stuff was easy to navigate because all my friends were so rich that getting food, like spending an extra night here or there, was not a problem. Yeah. And in fact, you know, I now in hindsight, when I reflect on where the comedy started. It was that time. A lot of times I was included in things because I was funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, she wants to come, bring her. She's alone. She's got this. A lot of people had sympathy for the fact that my mom wasn't there. So l when I think back to like, how did I not know that I had a comedian? But it started back then when I knew that if I made people laugh, they can include me in stuff. Well, I remember it reminds me of uh, we had an episode with Monroe Martin, uh, the comedian, and he talked about he went through the foster system. Uh, right. And he was saying yeah. that he knew if he was funnier at the dinner table, they'd be like, oh, we'll keep him for another week. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and you know who else has a similar story to that? Kevin Hart. 
Oh yeah. I read his book before I started stand up comedy. And in his book he talks about how his he grew up in poverty with a single no not a single mother but like a complicated father situation kind of absentee kind of right? And he talks about how his mom and him would get invited to things because he was the funny one so he learned to be funnier and funnier so that he would get invited to, and that's the first time i read that book and i thought could it be that you know what i mean sure like i had a moment of like wow that sounds like my story yeah and I, when i hear those stories i think oh i have no good reason to be funny <laughs> And thus, I never truly will be. Well, you never, but you too. You never I mean, you and I are similar. Yeah. At least I had a fucked up family. You yeah. were just happy. Just happy, happy boy. What? What's? What's your uh, funny origin story? I mean, you know, there's like you kind of do it in your sketches where you talk about like the kid who was like not cool, or he was just trying to like be loved by being funny. Like, were you a funny kid in middle school? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it comes with, uh, you know, you're you're doing anything for a laugh or, or yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're, it's the classic, you're trying to make people laugh before they make fun of you sort of, sure, sort of thing. Sure. And, right. uh, and so, but I wasn't like loudly, like I was not like a loud class clown, but I've always been quietly sure, funny. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, I think that's where I like, you know, I have a lot of like homoerotic like talking about and I think it comes from like not wanting to be made fun of mm -hmm. where like because I was the right. theater kid I went through this phase I think we've talked about it where in in like seventh or eighth grade like I went through this thing like with my joking with guys would be like hey Chris how you doing uh -huh. like it was like a joke like you, I'm like you didn't want to be thought that you're gay so you're like, like I'll make a joke about being yeah they'll be like so gay yeah I'll be like Oh, you think I'm gay? Yo, yeah, well, I'll fuck you right now. Uh -huh. I'll back up into you, mother. The middle school boys must have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> Those jokes. They'll be like, oh, you want to touch me? Yeah, I fucking want that. You want to hit me? That's what I like. That makes me come hard. <laughs> My God. Um, but that's like, it's that kind of thing. It's that response, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, so so that, you, that sounded like it came from a place of real fear. <laughs> yeah. What you're describing, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I just think that's like my my tie to yeah. that to that kind of uh, community, and then I go to these musical theater camps, and I'd be like the the straight guy on campus. Yeah, they'd be like, "Jamarco, how do you pick up this football?" And I'd be like, "I'll show you." Yeah, <laughs> I've picked it up three times. Yeah, I I think I uh, for myself too. I always feel like when I think back, I always have memories of like making bits in my head of like things that I never said out loud, but I would be like, like, I think I've told you the story before, but I remember getting made fun of for not wanting to see Coyote Ugly in eighth grade. And this, <laughs> someone made fun of you for not wanting to see I was at a party and these guys were like, we're going to see Coyote Ugly. Like they Do you were know Coyote so, Ugly? They were, no. It's, it's about like a, like a bar where the women dance on the bar oh. and it's like and, strip clubby. And so I was in like, I was in middle school and I, they were, it was going to come out and they were, all these guys were going to go see it. And then they were like, they were like, they asked me if I wanted to see it, but it was in an, it didn't seem like it was going to be a, a, like, A of all, I wasn't friends with them. They were like yeah, a very, yeah. you know, the cool guy. And, uh, <laughs> I, and I said, no, I didn't want to see it. And they were like making fun of me. And I remember in my head being like, do you guys not know how the MPAA works? Like it's PG 13. We're not going to see anything <laughs> like you idiots. I've. I own Boogie Nights on DVD. Like, if I want to see stuff, I'm going to see it. Like, I just was like, in my head, like, doing this whole thing of, like, do, just 
does this kid not know how PG thirteen works? Like, there's not going to be anything that we can't see in a magazine. But you just took it. You didn't say anything. No, but you like, were like, "Hey, I got a I, video of Mark always... Wahlberg's cock at home. <laughs> I don't need these tits. <laughs> I can I'm see really Heather straight. Graham naked at any moment. Um, no, but I the um, the I remember. It, but it was it, I would. I feel like I look back and remember those kind of things that feel like yeah, a yeah, yeah. like thing in my head, being like, "What are you talking about?" So. You wrote someone eventually that got back to you. Yeah, that's right. And what position of government, what level of government were they at? It was a congressman or a senator. I'm going to keep it vague because I don't have his permission. Sure, sure. Oh, wow. Were they involved in your sister in Ohio? Yeah. That's who you were writing to, Ohio. Exactly. I was writing all over America because I didn't know any better. But Ohio had an incentive because I would have come here as an international student my sister was willing to pay for my schooling. So back then, an international student was a rare commodity. Mm-hmm. It's not how the world was today. Mm-hmm. So that locally, they had an incentive. To, All right, if she's willing to come here and pay full tuition and go to college. Do yeah. you remember when you got the letter saying you were in? Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked. I mean... I wasn't shocked that I got it because I was really believing that it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you like, you have yeah. no basis for the belief, but yeah. you just believe. But still, when it happened that moment, I was like, this is it. This is the end of my life here. You know, I mean, I know so many because I, I, I went to an acting school with a bunch of Australians and they did the lottery system. Yeah. And it always seemed like a very tenuous way to live life. They were like, yeah, yeah. I hope the lottery works out yeah. next year. And I was like, fuck. And the odds were worse and worse. And that's Australia. Australia is not even as backed up as India. Like Indian people, there's the numbers that immigrate from India are so great that you could be waiting 20 years. And that's really life. Like for 20 years, you're like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So you don't know when something's going to break. When you got to America, I always think it's interesting. I see uh, sometimes more like Canadian comedians or, or, uh, or... just people who get their green card or whatever in America. And then they're at the state place yeah. and they have a little American flag. Yeah. And it's very patriotic. Yeah. In a time where certainly, I certainly feel a lot of like, fucking America. Do you feel a kind of patriotism or a love of America because oh, of this? 100%. A big reason I do the comedy that I do is because I want, especially in a post-Trump world, I feel like I'm in a position to remind people of how great they are. Mm-hmm. See, it's like... You're making America great again, <laughs> one might say. In my own auntie way. <laughs> but, you know, like it's been so much self-hate because of all those years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, people forget how great this place is and people are still lined up outside every consulate in every nation trying to get here. Yeah. So... And who can say that? Like, I didn't. I felt like an American person cannot say that. They're like, well, why are you standing out in a line to get in here? But isn't, think- it, isn't it probably America's fault that half those places are fucking so fucked up that they need to come here? Listen, who is to say? You know what I mean? Like, sure. America has never invaded India, for example. I'll give you an example, right? But, like, India's got how many problems? Like, who are we going to blame for that? Mm-hmm. At some point, you know, you have to build your own thing. And America's got its fair share of issues, no doubt. But revolutionize my life, and I have to honor that fact. And that's why every set that I do, every set, ends with my audience feeling amazing. That's Structurally, that's how all my sets are designed. I want mm-hmm. people, my American audience, to feel elated. That See, they, I think I'm the opposite. 
I want my set to end with them feeling like you should be ashamed that you took a night off to laugh. Yeah. Did you see the 10 homeless people on the way here before you enjoyed my jokes? You selfish motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. That's my goal. That's good. And I hope like, you had two drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope you had two drinks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't freaking leave without yeah. having the two drinks. <laughs> so I, 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 I know there's still so many things, but I, I'm very curious about this relationship with, with your father. Yeah. Um, because I have a... I yeah, have, you have a complicated... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, he wanted to arrange me in a marriage, and I said, no, Papa. <laughs> and uh, when was the next time you saw him after moving to America? Did you ever see him again? Mm, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I only saw him in passing because he wasn't talking to me. Uh, Were you mad at him? Did you, no. Did you ever speak to him again before he, he passed? Not really. Re- no. No. Oh. I mean, I saw him in passing. It was a family event, but I can't remember now. It was somebody's wedding or something. Because also, once I moved here, for years, I couldn't leave and go back. The way the visa situation oh. was yeah, messed yeah, yeah. up, for years, I couldn't go back. So he was anger, angry and seething, and I had no way to actually be... And is he just fr- working all the time? He's yeah, just he- growing his... Were, were your siblings talking to him, any of them? My brothers who live in India even now, they were talking to him, but he cut my sister off, right? Are you because friendly with your brothers? Yeah. I'm very tight with all my siblings. Would, did you ever Did you ever go like, how's dad? Or Yeah, I would ask, but he never asked for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, in his, he was that old school, like, when, you know, you're dead to me in America. It's like, real. no, he meant it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, here people use that phrase, you're dead to me. Like, yeah. no, no, he, that's like, you're dead to me. Yeah, like, sure. he, like, I don't exist. Because in his mind, I had insulted him. I had bought so much shame and humiliation. And in his arrogance, he also thought, well, eventually she's going to need me to arrange her anyway. It's not like she's a beauty queen. Uh-huh. So what is she thinking? You know? Did he get remarried? Yes. And did when, when people get remarried, did he marry like a, a widow? No. Or... Uh, a 14-year-old. I think he, not a 14-year-old, but a woman younger than him for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, he, I don't think she was a widow. I don't, I don't actually know her at Is all. she still alive? Yeah, she's alive. But I don't know her at all. Like, I never lived with her nor met her, actually. So was there, you know, I'm trying to, like, contextualize where, like, you know, if my father and I never spoke again, even if I had a tough relationship, it would be emotionally challenging for me. Yeah. That's what a lot of my therapy sessions would be about. Did you want, did you ever long, did you ever feel sad? Or were you, was your dad dead to you too? No, it was sad. It's still sad. I, it, but you know what makes it very sad is that my kids don't have a grandfather. Sure. Or yeah. my kids don't have a grandfather. So on my side, there's nobody. And that's really sad. That's even sadder than me not having parents. Do you tell them about him? My dad, the only way my dad talks about his father. And my dad's father like left his family to start a second family. So it was oh, bad. Wow. Hit a lot of bad things. Right. But my dad cannot start a conversation about his father would go without going, he's a fucking monster. Fucking <laughs> monster. And then will tell me the time he waited in the car while my dad fucked, you know, some oh, some other woman. Right. Um, right on the window shield. Oh. And no, that's a joke. Oh my but God. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, like six years old, like titties. Oh my God. Uh, okay. So I, uh, I, uh, did you go to the funeral? No. Did you want to? No. He didn't want me to. 
and I didn't want to. Yeah. So it was mutual. Your sister go? No. The same. It w- first of all, he died in the summer in India. So they can't hold a body. It's so hot. Yeah. By the time you get news of it in America, and you can even conceivably make it there, often the funeral has to be done. There's no place. Wait, there's no cooler to put the body in? They don't. You, not as Hindus, they don't do that <gasps> in our religion. You cremate it right away. You cremate it right away? Yeah. You, usually. So I believe there are ways to, to do this now. But back then, like he passed... 10 or 15 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, we, most Hindus don't do that. It's my understanding. You die, you go straight to the crematorium. Mm-hmm. You know, you believe that the whole reincarnation process, if you believe in it, then it, it's very direct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have gone either way. It's not like I right. didn't go because of the right. Like, I wouldn't have gone either way. He wouldn't have wanted me there. Like, the relationship was just completely over. Yeah. And that that's what it was. Do you think if he was alive, do you think you could have made him laugh now? Do you think if he saw you in a show that you could make him laugh? Like against his own will? Probably. Yeah? Yeah. But I'm good now. Sure, sure. You, you know wouldn't I mean? want him to see first like, year in. I've done <laughs> <laughs> I mean, parents are tough enough as it is just yeah, here in America. I, mean? <laughs> I do a lot of Zoom shows. I do Zoom shows for a lot of Indian uncles and aunties. Mm. Indian uncles are tough. Mm. Let me tell you. You know how the Zoom room opens? It's like a hundred of them sitting like this. <laughs> like they look at the the camera s- with suspicion. I'm like, it's not. It's a comedy show. What are you worried about? But they're so suspicious. And you know the chat, the chat room yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can read as the performer while I'm telling jokes. She's not funny. <gasps> she's not funny. Okay, that was a little funny. I mean, it's brutal. That's wild. That that's is. Wild. That's wild. Do you address it when it happens or do you just ignore it? Well, after a while, I'm like, yeah, I just want you guys to remind you that I can read the chat. (laughs) Just a little reminder. I mean, not that an Indian guy probably understands how a Zoom room chat tech works. Sure, sure. But they they would be like, whatever, it wasn't funny. You know, like they're brutal. Oh my God. (laughs) And then the ultimate insult, they tweet my punchlines the next day as their own idea. Oh. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Insane. Yeah. Are there any in India now? I mean, is it more progressive than when you were 14? You know, it's crazy. It's progressive in some ways in that the world is open. Everybody's watching Netflix. Like, it's all available to everybody in India. Like, nothing's hidden anymore. I mean, Facebook, Google, the whole thing. But the extreme right-wing politics that we've seen here, that we saw a few years ago, you know, with the Trump, that's completely taken over the whole country in India, too. The sim- a similar wave. Yeah. So it's become very religiously fundamentalist. It's become intolerant in a way that it didn't used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somehow, the last decade has brought this whole that wave so many, in, in so, so many, many countries. countries. Do they believe in the religion, or do they just like the culture of the religion? N- neither. Neither. They believe that they need to protect their religion. So sure. it's a lot wonder. of. Yeah. Th- there's a lot of threats from all sides. Like India is a peninsula, so got China is one border, Pakistan another border. Then we have Russia, right, sitting on top. Yeah, yeah. It would be stressful to be like between China and Russia. <laughs> yeah, so, it's so, a precarious place to be. Exactly. Yeah. So and now. Post this year, like until last year, people used to be like all intellectual about it. Oh, you should be open-minded. Now they're even more like with Russia doing what it's doing. 
Yeah. People are scared. I mean, yeah. India is right there. Sure, sure. You know, nothing stops any of these big countries from just deciding one day. Was Trump more popular in India than Very other places? Popular. He still is with the Indian community here. What is it about Trump that appeals to? I think that like a lot of American people, Indians too felt like America had become too woke. They couldn't identify with what was happening on the extreme left. Which part of the wokeness bothers them? Is it like, is it the LGBT stuff? No, not all that stuff. What like, what's the woke part that rubs? It's like, you can't say this, you can't say that. Everything, everything's hurting everybody's feelings all of a sudden. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah. kind of became almost unlivable. And in some way, I think in, in comedy, we're seeing it. You just don't, you know. You know, it's, it's a thing. As as I get older, there is a feeling there. There's more and more eye rolls throughout the day that I have, and I'm like, uh oh, yeah. am I becoming, yeah, becoming one of these people? It's hard. It's hard, it's and I don't know. As I, I just know as I get older, there's more and more. I'm like, okay, all right. And then I just text Russell instead. And, <laughs> and I say, no, no, you're wrong here. <laughs> I say, no, no, no. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I feel like, how? so you're raising kids now. Yeah. How old are the kids well, now? Raising is to be used loosely. <laughs> <laughs> you're They're coexisting. Yeah. What are their ages? Uh, 19, 16, and 10. And the 19-year-olds at Stanford. That's right. Studying ceramics. Don't get me started. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? I feel like I hear about the the culture you've described in India. Yeah. And with an American bias and as a, as a liberal and as a like, do what you want. Yeah. I judge it. Yeah. I go, oh, our system's better. Right. Now that you're raising kids here, what, what do you go, oh... This was actually better in India. Yeah. Like, is there anything? How do you view your this, this whole thing? Because all I'm hearing is 14-year-old didn't want to get arranged marriage, so I had to leave her home and go to a different country. And I'm like, that's all bad. Right. No, no, it's not all bad. Like, I'd be the first. And, like, as a parent, for example, my kids want to be artists. And, no. No, no. You're going to learn math and science. But, do but you you're feel letting like them major. But also, I did, no, no, she's a freshman right now. We're working on this. You know, I can't also, beat her up because also, as do you feel like your position is a is, bit tenuous? Is, is 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 not as strong because you're a stand-up comedian? Yeah. Do you, do at you least the like thing she have, makes can hold something. They have an example of like, well, look at mom is doing. But mostly, I try to not let them find out what I do. <laughs> okay. yeah. Mostly. Wait, do know. they really not have yeah. an like? I mean, I they do. Have, I, mean, I do on internet. occasion leave my house in scrubs. Yeah, you know, confuse <laughs> them a little bit. <laughs> but you do support them. Now you I you do. might have that like split. I of do worry. support them, but I understand how the back home mentality. And luckily, in the world we live in today, a world filled with side hustles and this and that, I'm always reminding them. I'm like, please get a hard science or math skill. Because it will get you a job somewhere doing something and do the side hustle. That's my compromise. I would never say don't. Like my sure. daughter is actually a really good writer. Her essay about how she helped me get started in comedy is a New York Times best of 2021 college essay. Wow. Mm -hmm. So like how am I going to deny that she's, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm too afraid to like, oh, just become a writer. That's a tough life. And now that I'm in comedy, like I even... 
we're at the cellar. We're like, yeah, but every day is a fight. Every day. Sure. I mean, it, listen, I have mixed feelings. I I had the parents who either encouraged or didn't fully care, but they let me go to college where with the scholarship, 35 grand a year that they paid for, where I was studying musical theater. Wow. And they knew I was driven. They knew I wasn't, I wasn't like a, a fool. Like right. I, I was crafty, but in a lot of ways, like, it's a crazy thing. And I look back on that and I think of all the flaws in the education I got and the way they did not prepare me professionally. And there's a part of me that's like, oh, that was a mistake. But it's always easy in hindsight right. to be like, that was a mistake because it also gave me a lot of skills right. that I may undervalue now that come into play probably now in the last couple of years where it's like, well, you know what? All that vocal training is the reason I can do this, that's this. So, like, I, I have mixed feelings. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But there are sometimes I wish I had a di another skill. Yeah. But my skill would have probably been, like, editing or something in the mm -hmm. arts. Mm -hmm. Something in the arts that would... But listen, everybody wishes they did something different. Like, you know, I'm sure there's any number of Indian doctors out there who are like, I wish I had pursued my love for acting. Mm -hmm. that, that's like, you talk to any Indian doctor, engineer, scientist, they're going to be like, I wish I had at least given it a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it, hindsight is like that. I said if, if I don't make it in two years, I'm going to become a cardiologist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I wonder what's the latest someone's become well, a doctor. Well, you know, uh, uh, I have an interesting story. My old boss from my, one of my first jobs in New York, she uh, is this amazing woman. Like she's this like kind of scary, terrifying, like power lesbian, like old, uh -huh. old New Yorker. Like not just not just age wise, but like just like has the vibe of like she's lived in New York her whole life, that sort of thing. But she was an actor and has these amazing like headshots from the sixties. Yeah. Uh, but she got to be thirty years old and was like, Okay, I'm not famous. So she went back to to become a doctor at really? thirty. Yeah. And then now like runs several hospitals and like and like oh is God. like this like very like successful f doctor in, in New York and uh didn't go back till she was 30. I was like, huh? Well, I she was, and she said she was older. She was like, you know, when she was in residency, she was then in her late thirties and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone else was much younger, but like, so she got to do all this sort of stuff. Cause people would be like, Oh, well she seems a little smart. Like she just lived a little longer and stuff. So it kind of helped her out in a way. Sure. Yeah. Well, good. Jan Marco, are you B having finally. ideas? Are you yeah. having a, he's listening so intently. I'm like, are we about to lose a comedian here? What? Um, so, well, I hope your daughter becomes a famous ceramicist. Is that the term? I, I wouldn't know. Ceramic artist. She'd be is the first. She'd be the first. We're like, we have to come up with a title. You're the first person <laughs> ever. Yeah, it is an interesting. I mean, there's more to it than I'm, I, I don't, I just don't know. And it's funny to go to Stanford for it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's not funny. It's like, what are you doing? But clearly, I don't know. You, you can be, it's the same way we're comedians, but we're like, we're both producers too. Of course. And like if you if if you study that at the same time. Yeah. And then you know if the ceramics doesn't work out you build a ceramics museum or you like are involved in the well, sale, I mean, sale now, of arts. I'm or, now after the jokes I've done about the ceramics I've had any number of pro ceramics people hunt me down. I love that. <laughs> 
and they they remind me they're like you know that tesla that people love like a ceramist probably designed it in a 3d studio before so it's like there are i, mean, oh, I think of see, like i, I think, think of, of like a pot i think but of like, like little cigarette bowls but if like. you think design if you think like all the design applications of cool things that we like like somebody designed the iphone like a physically yeah, yeah, yeah. designed the thing and it's a, there's a whole design element to it that's very realist. I don't understand. Well, I do like that they said so, uh, probably. Probably. Yeah. There's no like hard there's no yeah. hard evidence. They're like, well, probably <laughs> yeah. a ceramicist. Um, well, I, and what are your what do the other se- the kids want to be? Uh, well, I'm what I let them be. Sure. <laughs> no, my son, my middle son is uh, he's a yogi. Oh my god. Where does he teach in New York? He he's he's yeah. And this summer he's going to be teaching for free in the park. Wow, that he's like kill a you commuter inside. for it's free, killing me for free. It's yeah. killing me. It's pay like, what you it can. Be a pay what you can situation. <laughs> so, please. so we we. I'll did, take his class. I love yoga. We did yoga slash. Com- you should come because we did yoga slash comedy the last two years. Oh in wow! The park. In the park, I love oh. that. So peak COVID, I was doing my own comedy shows behind the Met, uh-huh. and I had an Auntie Zarna tree. Where every uh, Friday and Saturday, I would like just throw a flyer out and who, whoever wanted to come, come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would start off the the, the comedy with with like a 10-minute breathing That's and so stretching cool. thing. I love that. Yeah. And we did it, you know, peak COVID. We didn't know what was happening. Everybody was going to die anyway. I was like, let's just do some yoga. I have a lot of yoga material. I be And I, I don't do it very often because like in the Midwest, yoga is not big enough. Not big. Yeah. I know. But one of my favorites was when I got surgery, uh, I, I had a hernia from CrossFit. I was going to get back to yoga. And so I went to my surgeon and I was like, can I start doing yoga again? And I started showing him, like, I was like, just so you know, like, some of the poses, it would be like this and this and, and this. And then my surgeon, who was Indian, was like, I know what <laughs> yoga, yoga is. is. <laughs> and it was like this, like, it was a shocking moment. Like, and he, was, he was like, I learned it in kindergarten between, like, you know, math and gastroenterology <laughs> yeah. class. And uh, it was it was it was such an incredible moment where like I had f- truly forgotten in that moment. Not that I would assume every Indian person knows yoga, but I think in that moment I did not think of yoga as an Indian thing. But it's not. It's a white people thing. <laughs> now it is. It's a, yoga was supposed to be like the hardest pose was the one where you like basically lay down and take a nap. Corpse pose was the yeah. hardest. Oh, I love yeah. corpse Buckle like up. Indian people, that was our version of yoga. Okay. And then the Americans got into it and mm-hmm. it's like hip hop and weights and a goat and heat and, and not goat. heat. And yeah. I mean, like some, and then like yoga, yoga was supposed to be the poor man's exercise. You wear whatever you want and you stretch. Now it's like $300 leggings with holes in them all over that like you can't even wash. They're so precious. You can't even wash them. Like you hang them dry. So, it's become a white people thing now, yoga. And that yoga is suddenly drawing all these new Indian kids in. They're like, oh, this is the cool version. Yeah. Like, they're playing Nicki Minaj and we're doing yoga. Like, do you do yoga ever? No. <laughs> no. I can't, My mind is not still enough. I'm the worst Indian. I'm the worst Indian person, like, honestly. I don't do any... I don't like to cook. Sure. I don't like to cook. Thank God for, like, seamless. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I'm glad you said it. I was going to say... I was going to call this episode the worst Indian person. Semicolon. <laughs> uh, well, let's go to our next segment. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. I know you did your homework. Yeah, I did my homework. What's your this has got to stop? 
you people saying we should all be good human beings and watch out for each other like please i'm going to challenge you on this one but go ahead like, make your case it's not working jan marco like challenge me fine but like look at the world we're in i think i say let's give it a go the other way wait everybody, what does that mean everybody <laughs> be selfish well, we already have genocide hello oh, yeah 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 has it worked oh no i just meant like as a rule of thumb for everyone okay so yeah give me a specific be, so what just, do i need to do whatever don't worry about anything just worry about your own job and your own health and just stay in your own little cocoon stop reading about the world you know stop like, reading about the world because reading about the world has led to the world we're in right i'm becoming my dad i will say that i do think there's a there's a comfort that I've partaken in and many of us do where it's like, I'm going to read about the injustices of the world yes. and feel upset about yes. it. And somehow that's worth anything. Anything. No, I agree. And and I, I feel like too, what has ha- potentially happened is that you're reading so much and then you are, you're like engaging at like a pretty low level of everything. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. Actually right. nothing is getting, Nothing gets there because you're, you're like, I can't so help hard. with this genocide so because I, I need to read about thing. this other one. And you're like, maybe the oversaturation and overeducation of like tr- of horrible things happening is leading to people actually taking less action because they're reading so much and then they feel helpless, yeah. which is is a, a universal well, feeling. They're I feel so like right exhausted now. reading it that they don't have any energy to do anything about it. You know what I mean? Sure. If you, the, the emotional I, exhaustion of reading all this news. Do you ever refresh your news and you're like, I can't read one more thing about this. Well, I yeah. don't think it's worse. I think it's that it's not like refreshing the news. It's like it's like you're on your social things and people are commenting, sharing the things. So you're already getting a version through an opinion of like people that you follow. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's almost like. You know, even if I'm not going on like the New York Times or, or any of the news, it's things. everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, but so, yeah, I don't know. So what else? I'm just trying to fully understand <laughs> how to incorporate your philosophy into my life. What? I I I guess the simplest way to say it is just you know be selfish. It's fine. Like the whole selfless movement I don't know hasn't if you really need to tell John Marco Cerezo. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't think you're selfish, but I. I uh, no, yeah. This comes from a place of some despair and hopelessness. I feel like uh-huh. us telling people how to live in some way has not mm. worked. Yes, sure, okay. In the and and that that may be my one mild, very gentle criticism of America in general. Like they've invaded countries under this idea that that those countries want to be American. Mm. Yeah. That we're going to leave them with a version of America that they're going to implement. And like none of that seems to have really, you know. We did not. Yeah. F- for sure. Yeah. So. I think great. I'll do it. <laughs> Sounds good. Everybody focus on your own job for a minute and like help, you know, get yourself off of social media and just focus in your own little community for a minute. I like that. I like that. I right? like to focus that. on your, your own like, little tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plant your own little tree. One tree. Don't try to save 10 million. Of it. Just plant one tree. Okay. Okay. I okay, like this that. Is, I like this, is, I like this, is this is degree. More. I always think just like, it's just constantly, especially in New York. I'm like, I'm going to go donate to something as I pass. Yeah. Homeless people and a disastrous <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, there's a lot of help that needs to be done here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we did a compromise. 
So I got two negative for block. you. Like that's the downside. We went yeah. the lowest we could go. Is <laughs> we that went the to lowest? Full nihilism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about anyone else. <laughs> oh, I was just. Yeah, never mind. It's too depressing. I was just like, you I know what? Of, I that guy that set himself on fire in front of the Supreme Court this past week. <laughs> what was to that? like to against like global warming global and like warming. I was like no someone I, someone in front of the supreme yeah, yeah, court I, and, I, and yeah. it was uh, well, it, they did two articles yeah yeah well I read all the it really is I mean it's truly it's horrifying just to think that did he think it would do something yeah and people were like Mm, we don't we don't care well did you get it on video did you make it into a tiktok with music like like, baby you're a fire what's upsetting is like i'm like i don't know i don't even know how many people would have to do that at once for someone to even take for us to take action every day they did one more each time to see what would move the needle two people set themselves on fire i mean it's three no i think on grotesque as it is until the person dies, it's not going to make the news. Oh, he did, no, he die. did die. So that's why it made the news, and that's sure, why we're talking sure. about it. Yeah. Because if they just did it, and then the fire was put out, they're like, all right, well, you know. If okay. I did it, it would definitely be like a lighter and be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run my finger over it really fast. <laughs> I'm going to run it over two times if you don't fix global warming. I, well, 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 One, well, two, three. Well. I do not want to be set on fire. But but I have, oh. can I just, can I give you an example that just came to my mind that's Please. very current yes. about what I'm saying? The whole mask debate, right? Wear the mask. Don't wear the mask. I hate it. I don't hate it. At this point, I'm like, look, if you are scared and nervous, immunocompromised, whatever your situation is, you wear three masks. Mm. Protect yourself. Because the world is like, they're going to do what they're going to do. You know? Yes. I've kind of moved on from that now. I, I don't know what solution there is. Well, there is a reality with comedy. And I feel like I sped up a lot more than my friends even more the conservative ones where I was in comedy clubs. So yeah. I was like, it's, I'm there. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing people, I'm selling merch and we're was, in a basement. We're in a basement <laughs> with no ventilation. Yeah. And I definitely, it definitely feels uncomfortable. I'm sure if you're like on a plane and suddenly the pod's like, take them off, baby. As you're on the plane, that yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. That's pretty sudden. And people have criticized like the fact that that happened. But I compared to the rest of Twitter, I was just like, some people on Twitter are like, how dare you take off these masks on these planes? And I was pretty jazzed yeah. to take my mask off on my plane. Yeah. And it also, you, you started sounding like, you basically, I sounded like Republicans did like a year and a half ago, where I'd be like, I've been on the plane, we're all eating our food for an hour long on the plane, eating yeah. one almond at a time. So let's not pretend that at least half this mask wasn't, was flight wasn't maskless already. Yeah, there's definitely like, you rewrite like the 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 logic of of the masks sometimes where you're like where you're like it came off at all it, you're done you're all dead Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? like, yeah. I, like in theory you're like there's a thing where sometimes it, it just doesn't make sense to me that we were i think they're definitely especially with the masks there's some people are like let's keep the masks on forever it helps people and i'm like no, no. i'm no. like no that's not gonna yeah. happen there's also for me my nihilistic way and i'm like well it's over you you at a certain point you can't just tell everybody what to do forever. These masks are eventually coming off. You can wear it as long as you want. You can wear it as long well, as you that's want. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. people are not going to be behind this for forever. You yeah. can be selfish about that. Like in my mind, like whatever your view is, forget the view. Don't stop trying to convert people. You walk around with two masks on. I don't care. 
I'm glad you feel this way because I tested positive for COVID right before this <laughs> podcast. And I said, well, that's their business. Um, <laughs> let's go to our final segment. You better count your blessing. You better count your blessing, Russell. Yes. Um, yeah. So this last Uncle Function show, um, uh, I got like uh, uh, I, I our sketch team. Uncle our Function. sketch team. Um, you really assume everyone knows. Oh, sorry. Like Uncle our Function. sketch team, Uncle Function. Um, uh, I ended up getting being able to film a short thing in a little movie uh, this weekend because this casting director was at one of our shows and they needed a different a, casting director, different casting director than oh this other God. thing. Not yeah. a casting agent. No, not a casting <laughs> agent. Um, but it was nice. It was a nice little thing to like randomly get a phone call being like, can you film this thing tomorrow? Uh, just a last minute thing, a couple lines. Um, but uh, it was very fun. So cool thing. And I, I didn't even know this person was at the shoot uh, or yeah. at the, at the, um, and that's show. how, that's how that, that that's part of the uh, relationship to live entertainment that you want to happen where live entertainment doesn't pay a lot, at least yeah. in New York, if you're not headlining or things like that, but especially in sketch comedy and improv, part of the agreement was like, we'll put on good live entertainment and hopefully industry will yeah. be there. And it's so for it to happen. Yeah. Well, and he called and he said, he said, uh, is this, um, is this Russell? And I said, yeah. And he goes, he goes, is this uncle function Russell? And I said, yeah. And then what if I, you're like, no, let me get. And then I felt like I like I, I felt so sad that I did this. But then I go just to confirm because then then we was asking about it. And I said, yes, I could do it. Blah blah. blah. We figure out all the logistics. And then I go just to confirm uh, the big one. <laughs> like, I, I, I was like in my head. I was like, what if he had the wrong name? I was like, and then I showed up on set and there was like a thing. But anyways, it was all fine. That's um, so. I know. I well, felt so did, bad that I did. It'd be good. You'd I be stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd they'd be like the big, it, well, just to confirm it'd be the like it'd be like the yeah. the fitness coach at yeah. like <laughs> and they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, have, you know the story about Ryan Gosling prepared for a role and he thought like the character he's like this character should be like fat and so he he would eat like he was eating Hagen Dazs ice cream for every meal and then he showed up to set and the director was like what are you, you doing no and fired him. <gasps> and so I just imagine just like putting on like significant weight on yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's really cool. I didn't yeah. even hear about this. I, did, I, I, I it happened so quick. It happened. They called me Saturday. I filmed it yesterday. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out my blessing. That's why I'm stalling. But I'm excited. And you also you got that other callback. We're hoping, fingers crossed. No, for no, that. I didn't get it. I heard, yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. And um, <laughs> uh, Zarna, do you have a blessing? I have many. Uh, I have three sure. literal blessings. My kids, mm. and you know why they're great? Because I believe in child labor. What labor are they doing for you right Running now? Running my TikTok. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's great See to have that? young people oh. running Running TikTok. my YouTube account, running my Instagram. Oh. To See? have a young person do that. See how I was like, who came up with like no child labor? No. Yeah. Put them to work. Yeah, I do think there's something about like child labor laws. <laughs> there's just something about like, well, it's okay if a kid does a little bit of work. A Man, lot. if I had a kid. I mean, when school started, like pandemic was great for me. Yeah. They were around the whole, I was like, enough with the classroom. Come here. Yeah. Now they're in school, whatever. Sure. You know. That's why people say, do you want a kid? I'm like, no, but I want an assistant. Mm. Yeah. So maybe I can. Or baby content. You know, that stuff goes wild. Oh, baby content. You know what's so funny though? My mom, she's like, I hate. Who's, she's not even like a comedy person per se, but she watches now and then. She's like, I hate when comedians talk about their kids. Oh my like God. Like for her, when when comedians just talk about their kids, like it rubs her the wrong way. And I think it's because she never wanted to be a mom. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I got, I'm trying to think of a blessing. I, I feel like some, some decent things happened. Oh, fuck. I'm coming up blank. I, uh, I, there's, I had, I saw a friend today, my friend, Alice Grindling, who, you know, Alice yeah. Grindling. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make it for her. She's my, like when I, tr- uh, about once a week, I call her and for an hour, she, she lets me, uh, just say jokes and uh, see if she laughs at any of them. Oh my God, and that's, that's my amazing. Open mic. Yeah. That's your open mic? And it's rare, it's like, it's rare to find people who are willing to do that. Yeah. And she's got a lower bar for the comedy, which is like, it's good for new stuff because you get to be like, oh, there's something, something there. Something there, right. As opposed to my mom, who every time I make a mistake <laughs> to test out a joke on my mom, and her response to every single one is, nah, it's not your best. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> only only one can be the best <laughs> So I just need something. Yeah. yeah. And once in a while, she'll laugh really hard. Like the ones she really laughs at, bomb every time. Yeah. The ones that crush with her, for whatever reason, bomb every bomb. time. But if it's like a medium laugh, I'm like, something might be there. Something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm very thankful to her for that help. And uh, uh, yeah, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so this is wasted. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or she might just start listening now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When her friends tag her, they're like, do you hear what she said about you? Ooh, I like that. Mm. Um, so so this is coming out May 10th. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, I'm going to be in Oklahoma. Um, I'm going there this weekend. You are? Where are you going? Uh, Bricktown. Oh, Bricktown. Great club. Yeah. Great chain. I'm going to uh, Looney Bin, but I know the chain that yeah. does Bricktown. So Bricktown, um, Oklahoma City, then Fayetteville, Arkansas. Okay. And then, uh, and then Chicago, Laugh Factory. That's great. Yeah. What are you doing at Laugh Factory? I have my, my show on May 15th. That's fantastic. Yeah. What's so funny is like, I mean, this is just like annoying comedian stuff because we have the same agent now. I'm like, oh, really? They have it in there. All right. I got to call them. Say, why the fuck haven't I? Yeah. Uh, but that's really very, Laugh Factory is fantastic. Like, uh, hey, I just noticed, you know. Hey, I just noticed yeah. that uh, hear about Zarna did this. Like, so yeah. what the fuck? Um, I, uh, I love innovative. My love. T- my touring my touring. That's another shout out. Matt Bourne, best no. touring agent around. Man. Okay, okay, whatever. Second to Christina Shams. <laughs> hey, Christina uh, Shams. Yeah, yeah. Christina Shams, give me into Three E's Comedy Club. Yeah. Um, so I am going to be uh, Boston, May twelfth. I'm doing something called the Jar, where the if you oh, go, yeah. you have to go with like a group. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a very like a social experiment type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm going to be a helium St. Louis, May 13th, May 14th. Uh, weekend after that, uh, I'm here a little, but I'm headlining uh, Atlantic City Comedy Club May 21st. And then weekend after that, I'm at Mohegan Sun for the weekend. And then Rogue Island Comedy Festival in Rhode Island. And then, of course, you know, the silver lining, the sister show to this podcast is the first Sunday of every month at Sesh comedy club this next one will be june 5th 8 p.m uh it's me doing an hour with two people in between mixing it up and if we get enough people there eventually it's starting to grow but we will then start doing maybe a monthly live podcast recording with just russell daniels and i'll be in the audience oh my god it'll be russell for an hour just <laughs> what riffing. a nightmare you'll have a newspaper up there just, just pretending be to be an insurance salesman i was good at the insurance salesman <laughs> that uh, was very improv. good um oh i have a pitch or i have a pitch i have a plug uh may 10th you said this comes out yeah yeah, yeah. okay saturday may 14th uh uncle function asylum nyc <laughs> without john marco but the rest of us will be there what time 7 30 p.m okay yeah go get tickets to that 
And um, otherwise, uh, whether whether it's an arranged marriage or a regular marriage, love, like a knife, will always dull. This is oh. the downside. This just got philosophical. That's kind of poetic, I think. Yeah, That's kind of a metaphor out of nowhere. Um, There's a tweet. Okay, so a viral tweet. Love dolls like a knife.